And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rantanen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or check out online on mygreensolution.com. At any one of their locations, you'll be able to pick up and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We are here after the weekend. The Avs dropped another game, blowing a lead in the third period, but they do get a point out of Dallas. And the way I kind of tried to frame that is if you ignore all the other games and you look at this Dallas game in a vacuum, one point out of that ain't so bad. Well, given the situation, uh, given that Dallas... Second half of a back-to-back. And Dallas had been sitting around for five days. Yep. like, And that they gave up a goal a minute into the game. Not that bad. They Honestly, they played really well. I The uh, second and third period, especially. They were yeah. the much, much better team. They, they struggled at times in the first period, but it was a great reminder of, like, this is why you pay a goaltender. Yep. <laughs> This is this is why you pay a goaltender. This is why you have a number one guy. This is why you invest, right? And then from there, the defense picked up, the buy-in picked up, the the, the two-way play from the forwards picked up. Yep, all of it got so much better, and they started skating downhill like we know that they can. The speed started giving Dallas uh, issues, and you could just see there's a talent disparity between those two teams. It, everything beyond that first period was the way this team can play the puck just wasn't going in and it shows you it shows you really the gap between Colorado and Dallas uh, when they're both when they when they want to do what they want to do because you look at teams that play the shot suppression style they want to grind it out they yeah. want to play low event we've seen teams have that success against them we've seen Arizona and St. Louis and even Dallas earlier in the season have success against them but Colorado always seems to find a way to make things at least competitive with the Stars. You go back and you look at that uh, that that four one loss when they were in Dallas in November. Uh, when I covered that game, they got they got scored on the first shift of the game. They were down two nothing in the blink of an eye that night. They get, they had given up four power plays in the first period. JT Confer scores and makes it two one. It took a broken stick of a goal. Yeah. Uh, for them to for them to really kind of separate in that game, but Colorado in that game as well, competitive, and you just look at the big difference right now between Colorado and Dallas in the last couple of matchups, it's been puck luck. Dallas scores off of a broken stick. They score in in the, in that game. Yep. Uh, Dallas scores the game tying goal in the third period off of Ian on, Cole off yeah. of a crazy deflection from off off of Cole's stick, where you're just like, damn, he did everything right, and it was just bad luck. And and they but but. Then you also have the two big posts yep. hit by McKinnon exactly. and McCarr, where either one of those goes in. The first one makes it three two. The other one, or the, the first one, McKinnon would have made it three one. Uh, McCarr would have made it three two late in the third period. You're, you're, I mean, you're talking about legitimate like 
this close to winning that game. Can can we create a new NHL award, the Golden Post Award or something? Because Kale McCarr has ten posts already yeah. this season. Like, Even half of those go in, and he's 12, running 13, down fourteen goal score. He's running downhill towards a twenty goal season as a rookie defenseman. Yep. And that's even with the time he missed. Like, yeah. So it's pretty absurd how about eight inches is the, is the difference between Makar being close to a 15-goal scorer right now. Um, would those eight inches have made the difference in getting him an all-star game vote, you think? I was pretty disappointed with that today. Yeah. The you know NHL announced all the all-star game stuff. Two defensemen for the Central Division, uh, Petrangelo and uh, Roman Yossi. Yossi I get. No, Petrangelo I get, especially with the game being well, me, in St. Louis. Like I get that there's always like yeah, that that's home a, team. That's a fair point. Home team gets the bump because they had, they they had O'Reilly, they had Bennington, and they had Petrangelo. That just it's so hard when when that happens and in the three on three system that they do now right. because that's like half the team. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, the Evs had three last year. So. Well, and it took the last man vote in the the. David Perron has arguably been better than all those guys, and he's in the last man vote for the for the Blues, going up against Kill McCarr. And I think we should honestly we should start our our Kill McCarr campaign now. This is a no brainer. He should be in the All Star game. Three on three was made to showcase a talent like Kill McCarr's. Kill McCarr and Nathan McKinnon rolling around taking on the Pacific Division sounds like a great time to me, and I am all for Just that. Just smashing dudes. I mean, just you're talking about guys who aren't taking it very seriously. You're just showing off the skill of the game. What more skill is there than than McKinnon and McCarr going up against McDavid? And who cares? It from a viewership standpoint, I'm 100 percent with you that Kale McCarr would be a total blast at this All Star game. Yeah. If only just bring him for the skills competition, or the fastest skater, or whatever. I mean, 29, 29 points in 31 games. And like he's earned his he's, way in there. He just certainly merit. deserves the All Star game as well. But Evan Rall, our other guy on the beat with us, was talking earlier today. Could it be a good thing for Kale McCarr to rest that week, that weekend, if not the, have to If the All-Star all game was in a week or two, I would feel differently. But because it's a month from now. You don't think it matters? I don't care. With the college wall potential there? I, It's going to be there no matter what. I don't disagree, but I think a, a, for, for some me, rest could certainly help. Let him go to the All-Star game. Let him go and have his fun. It's not going to be – he's going to have to learn how to deal with All-Star game appearances. He might as well get it done in his rookie year. Well, that's year. true. <laughs> like, don't don't need to have this – put this learning experience off for next season. Let him get going because he's going to make 10 of these things. I mean, maybe he can learn early to do the Ovi and just not go even when you make it. Yeah, he's got to he's got to do what McKinnon did last year and get hurt the, way I'm, before. I just happened to tweak my foot totally. <laughs> I, I talked to I talked to Nate about that, and he was like, oh, I, "I just couldn't skate." Yeah. that weekend, and I was like, "How convenient!" <laughs> I was like, "You just wanted to yell at your teammates, didn't you, from the bench?" And he laughed and was like, "I am not a coach. Uh, I <laughs> well, I don't want to be a coach. It's not something I will get into later in life." At least he knows it. That's, yeah, that's I mean, good. great self awareness, right? <laughs> Um, and that's where you ask McCarr, the master yeah, of self awareness. Hey, do you want to do you want to go to the All Star game or do you want to rest? And if he says rest, I trust him. If he says go to the All Star game, I trust him. I mean, he I w- hasn't made any wrong decisions in his career so far. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'd if I were him, I'd have gone to the Olympics, but I can't talk at all considering how well he's played. 
Yeah, well, in that Olympics team, like it was not good. Everything about that Olympics was not not great. So, but it's still the Olympics. I, I mean, mean, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty great that Canada wasn't not <laughs> even close to the relevant yeah. in it. I thought it was pretty funny because it was like, how much is how much how much of a test of depth is this for the great Canadians? And it's like, well, I mean, their top like four hundred players are actually busy right now, yeah. so <laughs> we had to get into Carl Stollery and stuff. So you could great memories. That was what a fun Olympics that was. Yeah, Mikhail Gregorenko helping win the gold medal. Man, well, I just remember USA curling. Dude, curling gold is medal. like one of the best uh, winter Olympic sports. Oh, and we need to we need to have like a the DNVR curling team. Okay. I'm in. Kale is upset. Yeah, we know you're you're the ski guy. We know no, Kale. Like curling? curling is awesome. Do we need to have an intervention about curling at this office? We need we need a new producer. <laughs> we need we need an adult with adult opinions. <laughs> Skiing is somebody great, who's gotten but... older and boring and thinks yeah. curling is great, like we do. Any sport you can, any sport you watch where you think I could drink a beer while playing the sport, it's a good sport. Except fishing, that's not a sport. I'm like, just saying. That just doesn't count as a sport. Yo, they have competitions. They do. It doesn't count. I will not disagree. I'd be way more interested in fishing sports if they didn't have all the technology that was like, here is exactly where the fish are, and they just throw their bait and, like right I mean, on top of them. I, so uh, one of the local radio stations here hosts like a fishing show on Saturdays, uh-huh. and I'm just like, you mean to tell me you guys can't talk hockey but you talk because fishing. of ratings? <laughs> But this show gets enough pull to justify being on your airwaves every weekend. And, like, I've listened to it a few times, and I've learned a lot of lingo that I don't remember anymore. So I guess I didn't really learn it. But <laughs> I heard a lot of lingo that was just interesting. The very Colorado thing, I imagine, to be, yeah. like, an outdoorsy fishing show like that. But. Oh, dude. It was super Colorado, and I was just like, this is the part with Colorado where I'm just, like, I, I'm disconnected. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not an outdoorsy person either, but like hiking and camping and all, I'm just like hiking is like a cool word for like walking, but in nature, right? Well, like the Lord of the Rings movies, it was just walking. It's a lot of a lot of hiking in the Lord of the Rings. That's pretty fair. Um, but so much hiking, you know, Hobbit hiking, Hobbit. Hiking. <laughs> Come to New Zealand and walk the Hobbit hike. Right. What, a, what a tourist attraction. Come do the, come do the Hobbit hike yeah, exactly. where Lord of the Rings was filmed. It's like a 500-mile long trail or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, where AJ and I belong is more likely inside the Pepsi Center, something like that. So, We're self-aware, too. Yeah, getting back uh, onto topic here. I think you and I both agree that the Evs' biggest problem right now is the lack of offense from particularly their second line. It is. And uh, it, it's not that big a problem. It but is. Well, and like you look at they score seven goals against Vegas, know, they score four against Minnesota, they score just the two against Dallas. Yeah. But you look at how over those three games, Donskoy has one point. Kadri none, Burkowski none. Oh, Kadri scored in Vegas. Did he score in Vegas? Yeah, he had the the one on the wall right after Burkowski took the first high stick, and uh, uh, it went off of he. 
it got stopped by Flurry and then went off of Mark Stone's skate and escorted through. Yeah, he definitely okay. scored. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah, that goal. Yeah, yeah. The five hole. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so one of the one of the many goals that regardless leaked flower that night. Two points from your second line in three games that you scored thirteen goals in. Right. Well, and I mean, Belmar with two goals, Calvert with two goals. Right. The third line is scoring more than the second line. Nachushkin headbutted a puck. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's crazy. Like when you're hot, you're hot, right? Right. Like you can headbutt pucks. Dude just then, can't miss. Yeah. Well, and then like like Donskoy has like nine shots on goal. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Right. right. <laughs> like pretty stark contrast. Sports are cruel, man. Very. But. I, yeah, they definitely have to get that going. That secondary scoring from their second line specifically, because you know that that third line scoring is not going to hold up. Yep. We keep saying this for a reason. It's not going to hold up. Those guys are. That's not what they do. It's not like Pierre Edouard Belmar is like already approaching his career high in points. Yeah. So it would be unrealistic to expect this. Like his career high in points, what like I think it's like eighteen points. He's not going to score thirty five. <laughs> what if he did though? Like. What if he did though? I don't. I don't even know how to answer yeah. that question. Honestly, <laughs> uh, what if Ian Cole scored thirty-five? He might, dude. It, this it, it, is... um, but so the point I want to get to here is they brought in Burakovsky and Donskoy a little bit yeah. to give them this opportunity, but a lull from those guys isn't totally unexpected, right? Well, and and a lull from they they're surviving that lull, right? Because you do look, you're Ryan Graves, Ian Cole. Those guys have stepped up on from the back end to produce points, uh, and then you are getting you know the Belvert, Pebbles and Bam Bam baby. I, I really Nichushkin has become such like a third banana on that line. We we need to yeah. like it's gone from <laughs> Belvert to like what is it like Belvertkin? Pebbles, Bam Bam, and Dino the Flintstones line. Nice. <laughs> I I mean I dig it. <laughs> I'm I'm curious how many of our. I'm curious how many, first of all, how many like younger viewers we have. That even know what the Flintstones are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then they do just, just not familiar with the Flintstones at all. I, I, they're still on, like, they play those cartoons somewhere, right? They gotta. Boomerang or something? I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, well, let us know in the comments of this podcast. Yeah, when I make an Inspector Gadget joke and people just like look at me, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about this second line. But first, we have to pay some bills. So it's time to tell you about this beer right here. Actually, mm. we both got one. AJ doing a little Vanna Whiting as well this they, time. They finally hooked us up with some in the yeah, office. And it, so it was like, we got to drink that We've thing. not had Strawberry Sky in the DNVR office. So they gave us some. So that's immediately what everyone started drinking. That's what we've been drinking all afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, so after the TDSP. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you were on the TDSP this morning and we've been sitting around doing our other video work and stuff and everyone's pulling out one of these because guess what? They just taste really good. That's that's the best way I can explain it is you could drink a strawberry sky and, and not even realize it was alcoholic, basically. Mm-hmm. So couldn't recommend it enough. Keep an eye out at your local liquor store for any Breckenridge beer, be it the strawberry sky, avalanche amber, or whatever else. I was told the other day, to whom it may concern, that they are selling out of everything Breckenridge in Omaha. So if you're out there, Breckenridge, send more beer to Omaha. Stat, uh, get on also, it. Nice job, people in Omaha. Yeah, good work buying all the that all the Breck beer. Choice. <laughs> you're you're a fan of Omaha. I am now. Well, fair enough. I was apathetic before, not to say that I was not yeah, a fan, but now. 
Omaha, thumbs up. Always been a fan. College College World Series there. Mm. They're, you know they're going to move the baseball draft there now. Are they really? I didn't yeah. know that. They're talking about moving the baseball draft there so that it's like a Kinda hyped up thing. All together, like, exactly, yeah, with the World Series and all that. With the College yeah. World Series and... And they won't have it conflicting anymore. They want to move it back so it's like right after the World Series ends. That so makes those, sense, all yeah. those guys that get drafted can go straight like, from. You just watched them in the right, World Series. Exactly. And like, it's like, hey, and like, great job by them because yeah. they needed all the marketing help with their Definitely. silly draft of, of 80 million game. rounds of. <laughs> oh, and like, this guy got drafted first overall. We will see him in the six years. Four <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah. It's. Very different world of drafting, for sure. Well, and the NHL has, like, a drafted develop system, too. But every single first-round pick or every single first-overall pick that's a forward going back to Matt Sundin. Immediate, yeah. Yeah, outside of Lindros because that was a holdout. Well, that, that, was, that, that was doesn't other thing. really yeah. count, yeah. Um, but I have to include that because if I don't, then you'll get somebody who's, like, actually a drive. Yeah, technically. Well, and you would be correct. I mean... He can hold out again if the the abs end up with all the pieces they did because of it. But I, you know, there's an alternate universe where Sakic and Lindros are just one and two C, and they still win. And a they cup. win a cup anyway right. because Forsberg, Lindros. Because, I mean, well, because like that's that's insane. Like Sakic and Lindros in their primes would have been insane in its own. Do they get Patrick Wah though? Because a lot of the pieces from that trade, I, and you know, it's a diff- it's a different I, one if different podcast for a different day. Yeah, um, that's a summer pod where we get into all the different what ifs, which we are going to do next summer. Yeah, finally. So after I talk about it all summer yeah we never really did it this summer um second period of this dnvr avalanche podcast we were talking about the avs second line and the point that i was getting to the avs brought in nazem kadri to be the man on that line he's the guy who needs to drive the play he's the guy who they expect 50 plus points out of he needs to be better right exactly my point is he's sure he got the goal in vegas in a 7-3 blowout but he has what? Yeah, you put up the numbers. I forget what they were. It was like four points in the last twelve games or something. something. Like that. Yeah, yeah it's, they the the three of them only had twelve points in their last Together, thirty-five games so. combined in the month of December. Right. Those three combined have combined twelve points in the month of December. That's not good enough. It's just not straight up. No. If one of those guys had twelve points, you'd be feeling a lot better. Yep. But for all three of them to have combined for twelve points in in the month, like. You want to, and 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 it's not even that scoring has been a real issue. They've scored plenty of goals in most of the games, that, even the ones that recently that they've lost. I mean, three in Chicago. It was really like the Carolina game, and I guess the Dallas game, where you're like, "Come on, you guys need to score a little bit more than that." Yeah, the Carolina game for sure hurt. Um, yeah, especially and- because James Reimer immediately went out and went back to being James Reimer. Yep, like the very the next, next day, game. it was like, dude. But that's how the NHL works. Like sometimes those guys go out and oh, do yeah. that to teams, and and sometimes Pablo Francouz can't stop anything that Minnesota throws at him. It, it after like a month of being absolute nails, and that's I think that's getting into the wider conversation of these blown leads and this bit of a slide for the Abs mm-hmm. is it's a different problem every night. You know, one night the defense can't get the job done, mm-hmm. the next night Francouz can't get a save when you need one and then the next night your offense comes up a little bit short in dallas well that's that's the nature of the business yep is you're very rarely firing on all cylinders for any kind of an extended stretch you have to find ways to win games when you're not at your best yep because you're not really going to be at your best very often in a regular season just a a small number even if you're at your very best for 20 games 
and and let's be honest, that's what the Avs were doing at the start of the year. They were winning with their B game at times. Yeah, and that's a, a classic hallmark of a good team is that you can get away with that because you're just better than the other teams. Yep. And I think we've seen they should have beaten Carolina, but that was a great game. And you could have coin flipped that game and it could have gone either way. Sure. And it would have been fine, right? But then the the Chicago game, 100%. You out-talented them. You had them beat. You had Minnesota beat. You didn't really have Dallas beat. Like, it was early in the third period of a one-goal game. Like, And that was a very good game back and forth. And you get a point out of that game. You live with right. it. You, you, know? really don't, you really don't feel like the Florida game at home you feel much worse about. Yeah. Because you have a two-goal lead in the final four minutes. You get a point out of it, and that's fine. But you, that's a worse loss than what happened in Dallas, 100%. especially given back-to-back versus the second night of a back-to-back, the Sega Baba versus coming off of five days off. Yep, I saw that in the first period and was like, what the hell is this schedule? It makes zero sense. And then Dallas had to turn around and go on their own back-to-back yeah. and go to Arizona. Like, why not? And they won. Have Dallas play a day earlier. Right. Like, it makes no sense. It's... It just doesn't the, – the schedule continues to baffle me the more that we dig into it and talk about it. I'm with you on that. It just continues to be like it's nonsensical. It it just seems so easy to make it more streamlined, and they haven't. But the big thing that I, I would say was prob- is probably hard is knowing, like, building availability. Right, and that's – I'm sure that does play into it the other it has, night. It has to. Like – all the dual cities with the NBA teams, it's got to create and such a havoc in the arena. For the Avs, I think the Mammoth were playing in Pepsi Center during the, the Dallas game. Well, and so. we see uh, a number of times uh, the Avs every year will play at 1 p.m. Yep. And then the, they will turn the arena over and the Mammoth will play at 7 o'clock that night. Yep. And that's how they get through that problem. Let me tell you, the, the surface the Mammoth plays on is rough on those days. It's... They're, they're, those are fun days. Just to just to walk because I'll be upstairs writing. And people are like buzzing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so dicey to say the least. As as Kale informs us that it is not in fact a good surface to play on when they do the quick change. Um, but yeah, even even with not knowing the building availability it's pretty weird some of it that just scheduling seems unnecessary. yeah but it is what it is and you know had the abs pulled two points out of that back-to-back regardless of how they got them i would have been happy right they got one not and the only reason you're feeling disappointed is because of how the minnesota game unfolded exactly had they had they beaten minnesota and pulled the still had the exact same game happen in dallas We'd all be feeling very good because yep. they would have beaten Vegas, they would have beaten Minnesota, and you know things are back up on the upswing. And right now, instead, you're looking at I think two, four, and one in, in their, their last in the, since in, the Blues game in yeah. the last seven games. So yep. you're you're feeling like all right, this isn't it's not the worst stretch. You know, you're gonna they had the they had the old four and one stretch. That's worse than a two four and one stretch by a lot. So and so this also is playing into. I believe it is, the Avs are 6-9-1, I believe, yep. against the Central. I have the same numbers. Um, so that's the majority of this season's losses for this team has come in division. Yeah, and that's it's hard to win your division if you don't beat them. Right, exactly. You know, And I know that the, the majority of the schedule is not against division opponents, 
but enough of it is. Well, and those are for those are all four point right, games. Right, exactly. Those in the standings of playing for home ice in the playoffs, those are the most important games. Yep. And those are the ones the Avs are coming up short in right now. So that is certainly a little bit concerning. Is there I want to I want to talk just a little bit about the 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 holding the leads. Is there a concern from you that this is a coaching issue? No. I mean, I I'm on board with you that Bednar could 100% use his timeouts better. Sure, and I mean, I'm not even getting into even that specific. I'm just curious if you think, because I had I had some people, oh, the system is the problem, and the the defense is the is this, and I, you know, and especially the Minnesota game, I said, okay, well, what would you like Bedner to do differently on the fifth goal, the one where EJ flips it out to center ice, it gets intercepted, yeah, he they skates in, walk and takes right a, back in, and Francis gives up a muffin, basically, right, a yeah. relatively harmless shot that you would expect your goalie to stop the vast yeah, majority of the I'd, time. The only system I have an issue with is the power play one, and we've discussed you don't that have a, plenty. You don't have a PK problem? I'm To, to me, this is like, I think we're going to differ here. I'm okay. way more worried about the PK than power play. I have accepted that the Avs PK is going to live and die with the goaltender, and that's never going to change. Okay. If I, I think if it, could get to, if it could stabilize at about 80%, I would feel very good about the power play, or, or about the penalty kill, and then I would feel... I would feel like they have the advantage because I think most nights they'll be the better 5-on-5 team. I don't trust the Avs PKers to play a passive system correctly, so I think they just have to accept the aggressive system where they have their forwards go high. They do give up a lot of space and sometimes the seam pass because of it, Mm -hmm. but when they try to play that passive style, teams just walk in below the dots on them and and fire shots off, and the defensemen never step up, and it just doesn't work. I think think that's what they're... That's what they want. And I I don't I think they want those like those short side shots where it's like, okay, if you beat the goalie, it means you put it perfectly top shelf right over the right over the shoulder where that's the only place that's the only part of the goal that you can hit. And I, I think given how they defend and given how the goalies commit to that shot, that's what they want. And then commit to it, I guess. Don't have the forwards rolling out high at the point, leaving that seam pass open if that's what you want, if you want to force the angled shot. Okay. I mean, every every decision that you make on a, pe- on a penalty kill leaves... Something open. Right. I, I like understand. You, it, but you're giving something up. You're, 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 taking some, you're taking one thing away and you're opening another I, thing I, up. I understand that, but if, you're, if your system is designed for your goalie to commit heavily to a shot from an angle... You cannot let that seam pass get through because he's doomed. He has zero chance of stopping that if that's the case. Agreed. Just give up the high, give up something high. Give up something from the slot, high slot anyway. You never want to force give up anything force from the, the other team's power play to look like yours. Yeah, right. Exactly. Play through the point. Yep. Shoot from the point. Shoot from the half wall. Yeah. Perimeter. And if they score, then you tip your cap, and you're like, hey, sometimes great players make great that's plays. That's why you don't take penalties because teams are supposed to score pretty regularly on power plays. Stop. Stop with the, stop with the puck over the glass <laughs> before I have to fight people on Twitter. He already talked about this on the DSP. I recommend yeah. you go watch that. He had a good rant about it. Um, yeah, I'm not. We're not repeating. Yeah, that. most everybody that listens to this show, yeah, already knows how I feel. Uh, Rudo, go over the bumper the Abs love to use on the PP. I hate it as well. <laughs> um, so. I would be. I discussed this on Twitter the other night, but I would be much more open to the AV system of using the bumper in the middle of the ice if it facilitated movement. If they had players, and they occasionally do this, where McKinnon and Kadri will switch in that middle spot, 
and it forces the defense to skate and track them. You know, it's funny how that works when your players move around, the other players react. Yeah. And that creates openings and space. Amazing, and right? It's just so weird how that relationship exists <laughs> where your players move. We're getting into some Einstein stuff here. Other players move too. And that creates opportunities. If for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction almost. Whoa. Whoa. We're getting scientific on the pod today. Whoa. Um, but the, my problem with the Avs using the bumper is they sit them there and nobody moves. And <laughs> Is that they don't use the bumper? Right. It's like, it's like a guy that goes bowling and puts up the bumpers just in case. And then he bowls it right and down then, the middle. And, every he, time. and then he does the little like yeah. between the legs and it goes right down and it's like Tom Haverford getting a strike over and over and over. <laughs> And you're like, why do you even have the bumpers? Why would you even take the time to do that? It, well, it's a safety valve. It's not something and, they're actually trying to use. And it is it, my problem is as it's designed, and it sometimes it works okay against more aggressive PKs. But when the Avs run into a passive PK, they sit the bumper there, they pass it around the perimeter, and no one moves. So the PK sets up in its box and just by default is defending that guy in the middle and just. Puts themselves into drying cement. Yeah, exactly. They might as well be stuck down under the ice with their feet because they just sit there. Cotton quicksand. It's rough. It's it's rough to watch, man. It it I it seems like such an easy fix to say, hey, just move. Like <laughs> But you move, have to move with purpose. You ha Let's start with moving at all, and then we can work on the purpose. I'm just saying, you have to move with purpose, and you have to move, and everybody has to know where everybody else is and moving to. Otherwise, you have chaos. Sure, sure. And then you're not getting anywhere, but, and, and then your power play just looks like a mess because everybody is all over the place, and like the dam has broken, and everyone's hair is but on fire. This is this is my dislike for the bumper spot. Is if you're not using the bumper spot, you've opened up the middle, which allows you to set up cuts to the lane taking from basketball cut into the lane is something that every single time a half court offense is set up in basketball you'll see someone set a pick someone cuts down the middle someone is looking for something across under the basket are you saying the nhl needs more pick and roll the nhl needs a three second violation that's what they need <laughs> to stop cadre from just standing there the entire power they play. need a three second violation on the offense yes <laughs> offensive to, three seconds to save the avalanche from themselves exactly my point oh, um on that note it's time to give a little love to our sponsors and if anyone has enough sway with the NHL to actually get an insane rule like that implemented, I bet they make a lot of money and need their taxes to be done. So it's time to talk Symbio Tax and Administration. That was like six degrees of Kevin Bacon <laughs> to get there. Had to go deep for that one. Had, yeah, had that, was, that was some gymnastics, sir. But you guys know we're all about taking care of our own, and George over at Symbiotax is a proud DNVR subscriber, diehard Avs fan. I see him all the time getting in on our pregame trivia and stuff like that, which is always fun on Twitter. Uh, you gotta make that harder. I So I was doing like really easy ones for a while, and it would take like 30 people guessing to finally get it. So I tried to lower it, and I went too far. And now the first person every time is like, oh, it's this. So... Got to find a middle ground there. Yeah, got to make it. Got to make it harder. 
Yeah, well, hopefully. You got to make it like the, what was it, the like the, the draft pick that they traded away in the Bork deal. Oh, God, something that's like impossible. Huh? Yeah, where it was like only like the true cheaters are getting this thing. <laughs> you look this up. That's the only way. He yeah. I thought I had it. I was so confident that I had that one right. And then I went and I looked it up and I was like, nope, I did not have it. <laughs> well, there you go. If AJ doesn't know it, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, but hopefully Symbiotax will make your taxes easier not harder. Whether you have a small business or you're looking to rent out a room or just get those taxes filed, go to a qualified professional like George. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. You can call Symbiotax today at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O tax.com. Every time I read it, I just want to shout symbio is it, i'm sorry george i don't know how to say your business's name is it symbio or symbio i just think of uh you know overwatch and, and with lucio yeah, yeah i just think of that isn't but it with, lucio i sure but i just that's what i think of and then i i think of symbio and just like <laughs> Let's break it down, and like you go into like his. You're office. playing like some Jet Set Radio Future music. Exactly, here. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly where he comes from. Yes, by it the way. is. One hundred percent. I'm glad somebody else knows that because I saw this and was like, I played a lot of Jet Set Radio <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Jet Set Radio. <laughs> what a weird concept for a game, by the way. What an amazing concept. Oh, like a great game. Like, and the art style of it, super dope, was, was awesome, and the way that it. Oh, I. That was my uh, Xbox launch game. That was the first Xbox game Very I had. Very cool. And then um, uh, when, uh, what was the sequel called? Jet Set uh, Radio Future, okay. which was way better, by the way. It was a great game. Yeah. And it did not involve a weird final level where you're getting shot at <laughs> by the boss. And you're like, I haven't had guns all game. And all I can do is like skate, skate around. and grind yeah. and like. Tag buildings. Right. Like, what am I supposed to do with this dude with an assault rifle shooting at me? But, yeah, well, I Jet Set Radio Future was a little bit like an acid trip at times, though. But They both were. Future was worse, I think. But It was something, man. Um, Great memories, though. They those were. were. Those yeah. were the games. Xbox, the original Xbox was my jam, for I sure. Had some interesting games back then, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, let's jump back into hockey. I've, I've enjoyed the, our tangents on this pod quite a bit, but the Avs are looking down the barrel of the start of January. Mm-hmm. They're going to have some tough games coming up, including a rematch with St. Louis. This one is in Colorado. How important is this game? We said last game was a big one. Did not go well. Is this a rebound game? Is this a get them off the slide game? Well, every every game against the Blues is a litmus test of where you are. That's fair. Until, especially until the Avs beat them, uh, a W would definitely help. I think lighten that mood for sure. Well, and you win, you win in Denver on the second, and it's like okay, you get them two more times this year at home. You even that up, you get to two two, and then all of these hysterical concerns about can the Avs handle St. Louis in the postseason? Like then you start to get a better feel. If if St. Louis goes five and zero against them this year. With three of them being in Denver, then I think you have a real concern. Unless, in, unless it's like all those games end in overtime or something, well, right? Sure, and it's like insanely close, where you're like one puck bounce or something is the difference, and who knows? But 
otherwise, I think I think we make too much of it because we view them as like the chief rival right now. The team standing in their way of a cup is the defending champs. So when I say yeah, chief rival, fair. I just mean team in the way. I know what you're saying. Not yeah. like, I hate them so much. <laughs> Although they, they make it easy on a lot of nights. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I hear what you're saying, right? You go through the best to be the best. And yeah. right now they're the best. Well, and I'm I'm of the opinion you want to go through the gauntlet. I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that you want to get to the cup however you get to the cup. Well, <laughs> sure. But like, for me personally, sure. if I'm starting up that new file, I'm, I'm putting it on extreme Hard mode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm putting it on the hardest difficulty I can because that's how you learn the fastest. Well, honestly, I'd like the abs to dial that dial down a little bit because starting every game down, not great. Yeah, they definitely need to stop putting. And the big thing with like Minnesota that frustrates is that twice now in the last two games they put themselves in a two nothing hole? Yep. With e- easy like clean upable, very simple mistakes. mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, and and not just like oh well that guy made a great play, you know? Because there are, there are going to be times where guys make great plays and you just live with it and it's like damn that sucks, but like good for that dude. But you catch a guy coasting on the back check in the right. first minute of the game. You can't have it. You just right. can't. And and you expend so much energy coming back. Right, exactly. You know, and then and then okay, great. You're you're all the way back, but now you guys are sitting at 2-2 somewhere and instead of up 2-1 or ex- whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You need to you need to that goal suppression, man. Yep. The goal generation has not been a problem. Just stop them from from putting up points. You get four goals, you should win a game. Pretty straightforward. Uh, it drives me crazy that they have several losses with four goals. Yep, and none with five. So maybe yeah. they just get that one more. I mean, ten and zero. And that's that's where the power play comes back in. The Avs had an opportunity to make that game five three against Minnesota, and they came up short. Again, it was the same thing against Chicago. Yep. They had one to move in the up third four period. one yep. in the third period. Yep. Would have been the dagger because teams down three just don't come back. They pack it in, and that's that. Yeah. Especially in the third period, especially if there's time in the third period. We saw that with Vegas. Yeah. Vegas was down three. They scored super early in the third period. Here comes the big push. Colorado scored again, and Vegas And that it in. game was over. Yeah. That's the dagger. Like, the other team might be professionals, but they are also people. They know what's up. They got an 82-game season to go through, too. You know, yep. you can only give so much to try to come back. You under. have to pick your spots in some ways yep. in life. Like it's, You cannot just go 100% maximum like red line in life every single day, every single situation. It just does not work that way. Yeah. I. You have to manage it. You just and it, they have to beat Winnipeg tomorrow, man. That's they definitely very, very do. true. It, you're, you've got the crazy New Year's Eve crowd. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. You're healthy. There are no excuses here. You have to beat them. They're bad defensively. You're good offensively. Congratulations. The Jets went from being a disaster of a matchup to the one you want. Treat them as such. Waffle stomp them and go party on New Year's. Here, here to that. I mean, it's... It's a good setup for them, I think. Jets are a team they beat 4 nothing once already this year. They need to get back on track playing in-division opponents. I think everyone on that team knows they need to come out hungry looking for a win here. 
I think it's a good recipe for success, but and it's a good building block to feeling good about yourself right. going into another game against the Blues. Exactly. You go in there, you start feeling sexy, you're feeling a little, little fresh, you're feeling yourself a little bit. You're at home. You're not in that house of horrors over there in Missouri. <laughs> you know, you start to feel a little different about things. You start to, okay, not only do we have a chance, but they're in our house now. They need to get back that pride of winning in front of their fans, too. Get that back because they're one of the best road teams out there. I know. It's at home where they've struggled, really. You yeah, Exactly. The, one of the best road teams out there, dominate Pepsi Center. Make it as hard an atmosphere for teams to come into. Run them early because they feed off of their home crowd energy as well as anybody in the league. You get out there, you have a good five. You always want to break it into segments. You have a good five first minutes, maybe even score. You get that building jumping. You start feeding off that energy. It turns into the most positive kind of a feedback loop, and you're running downhill towards an easy two points. And you beat teams like Nashville 9-4. And even that took... It did take a little long to get that going. But. Yeah. it That took them getting down 3-2 and Matt Duchesne... <laughs> giving a little fist Matt, pump. Exactly. Yeah. Matt Duchesne getting on just, a t- as he does, a touch too excited about a goal in Pepsi Center. And... <laughs> And that entire bench was like, this ain't it, Chief. Nope. We're not doing this today. <laughs> nope. They need to get that attitude back. That, they they need to get that swagger back. I'm, because even with the the win over Vegas, the, you didn't feel like they they were back. That they had that, that attitude about that. The way they've played in second periods is the way they need to start games. Because I think they've been very, very strong in a lot of these games in the second period. But that comes after getting down early. Right. And that's part of it is because they have to work. You have to work differently. Right. Not necessarily harder, but differently. Yeah. Because you've got to get back into it. And you've got to, it's, you're climbing uphill at that point. Treat a game. You don't, need to, you don't need to climb uphill to make things hard. It's the NHL, dude. Treat this game like you're down to at opening faceoff. Yeah. See, if you come out hot and you get up to, then you're up to. And all of a sudden, it's completely flipped. Right. Well, and then, and then you are running downhill. Like, right. then you are feeling good and the building's going bananas for you. And you're maybe one or two goals away from really sending them packing early on. Exactly. So. That's where I'm at with it. Um, we will have a show tomorrow as well, so I guess I'll save our uh, our New Year's resolutions for that one. But any final thoughts on this pod, AJ? No, we'll get into it tomorrow. All right. We'll save it all for tomorrow. Uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening. If you are looking for some alcohol for your New Year's, TotalBamvit.com is the way to go, as they are offering 30% off for the DNVR fam when you purchase $25 or more with a max of 75 of course, because 30% off is just a ridiculously good deal. You can't take too much of it, but $75 or $25, anywhere in that range, use code DNVR2019 to get that 30% off online or on the Total Beverage app, which you can download today. And they now offer CBD products as well. From drinks to gummies, you can go with CBD stuff if alcohol is not really your jam. So don't let that offer pass you by. 30% off, $25 to $75 purchases, and you can get it delivered. So have a good holiday. You'll hear from us again tomorrow, and I'll tell you that again. But thank you for listening, and we will talk to you then.